Good morning, everybody, and welcome to to worship this morning, and um, very warm welcome to Kevin, who's leading our worship, who's walking out on us. (laughs) Very nice to see you this morning, Kevin. Oh, Kevin, Kevin, it's in the vestry. <laughs> All prepared, radio mic in the vestry, but we forgot to put it on. Um, while while Kevin's just picking up the radio mic, um, there are a couple of extra notices. There are no printed notices this morning, um, but there are a couple of, of notices, if I just very quickly. Um, message from Margaret Howell. Everyone is invited to um, a tea and cake afternoon on Thursday the 4th of August. Um, at 289 Brindle Road. Um, th- uh, the, the proceeds are for um, church funds. There is a clothes sale at the Wellness Community Cafe on the 20th and 21st of July. Um, a little bit, there's been a little bit of confusion um, around the clothes sale. It's not just school uniform. Um, all clothes donations are welcome. And it is a close sale of all clothes, men's, women's, children's. On, thurs- on Sunday the 24th of July at 2.30, the farewell service is taking place... 4.30. on the 24th of July. Um, the farewell service is taking place here at Bamber Bridge for Janet Titterson and for Nikki Gleeson. Um, if anybody would like to donate towards a gift, particularly for Nikki, who's been working with us here at Bamber Bridge, um, if you could hand that to any of the stewards or just put a separate envelope in the collection just marked for, for that, towards that gift. That, any collections here at Bamber Bridge will be added into the, the circuit collection. And um, any offers of cakes for the refreshments after the service will also be gratefully received. Let's um, have a few moments of quiet as we commence this morning's worship. Stilling our hearts, remembering why we are here. May the Lord be with us in our singing, in the prayers we offer, and our understanding, and, and our understanding may be. Th- Sorry. Stilling our hearts, remembering why we are here, may the Lord be with us in our singing, in the prayers that we offer, and in our understanding. May our thoughts be on others rather than ourselves. And may our hearts be stirred to service as we leave this place. Amen. Thank you, John. Good morning, everyone. few words from the Psalms. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Let's worship our wonderful God and Saviour in the words of our first hymn, number 17, in Singing the Faith. With gladness we worship, rejoice as we sing.
to uh, open our prayers, I'm going to use uh, some material written quite a number of years ago now by uh, Neil Dixon, or at least edited by, uh, by Neil Dixon. Uh, if you can get a copy of the book, it's, it's quite a, a good resource of prayers on, on different themes. Uh, if as a preacher or worship leader you wanted to use it for leading worship, you'd have to pick your way through it because it was originally designed for the old two-year lectionary. And that's a long time ago for us Methodists. Uh, But there are some lovely prayers in the book. Let's pray. Eternal God, into the peace of your presence, we bring our restless lives. Down through the ages, men and women have sought you and found that your faithfulness has no end. Your people long ago journeyed by your guidance and rested on your love. So guide us as a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night, that our imaginations may be filled with your beauty, our minds fired by your truth, and our hearts overflowing with your love. For without you, Life has no source or purpose or destiny. Refresh our faith. Restore our confidence. And lay your guiding hand on our lives. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And in this quiet moment, let us reflect before God on those ways in which we have broken his laws, sinned against him and against others. Loving Heavenly Father, you are so far above us that we cannot fully understand you. And yet so deep within us that you know our closest secrets. We come to seek your forgiveness. Forgive us those occasions when love has not been the guiding principle of our lives. Forgive us when we have been impatient with others. Unkind and envious. Forgive us when we have been boastful or rude or selfish or quick to take offense. Forgive us those occasions when our love has grown cold and lost its faith and its hope and its endurance. God our Father, forgive our sins. Lead us away from our pride and conceit. Enlarge our thought and make us the people you want us to be. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And may Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, Confirm and strengthen us in all goodness and keep us in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Uh, If there were a one word theme for our service this morning, it would be neighbor. So this little story may be familiar to those of you who are, and probably you won't all admit it, but I'll try anyway, fans of daytime television. No, no great signs of honesty there, but... (laughs) Remember, forgiveness is available. You may have seen it in the papers as well. A few years ago, uh, a lad called Finlay Hill, who's now 10 years old, was diagnosed with a very serious illness. 
And the doctor said that the only way that he could be cured was if somebody who could be found who was willing to donate bone marrow from which stem cells could be extracted, implanted into him, and give him a chance of getting better. If you're a brother and sister, close relatives, you've got a decent chance of a match. Father-daughter, let's say, that's pretty good chance of a match. But if you can't find that match, then you've got to start searching around. So hospitals have, have got a real job to be done there. Fortunately, uh, the UK has uh, a register which is expanding, maybe not fast enough, but it's expanding. And other countries have got registers of people who are willing to donate bone marrow. But of course, it, it, if you're willing to do that, it, it's it's not exactly what you'd call a nice process. You'll go into hospital, you'll go under a general anaesthetic usually, and somebody will kindly drill a hole into your thigh bone and extract what is needed. You've got to really like somebody, haven't you, if you're going to do something like that for them. A match for Finlay could not be found. And you fans of daytime TV or newspapers will know that Finley did get a match, but it was with a man called Jose, who lives 5,000 miles away in Brazil. So somebody who'd never met Finley, who was never likely to meet Finley, who didn't know him at all, was willing to undergo that to help somebody he'd never met. In our gospel story, in a few minutes, uh, somebody asked Jesus, okay, who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells the famous story of the Good Samaritan. A man on a journey is beaten and robbed and left for dead. And two Jewish religious leaders don't bother to stop and help him. But a a foreigner, a man from a country that the the Jews did not like, they looked down on, on those foreigners, not only stopped and helped, but took him to an inn and paid for his recovery. And Jesus was pointing out with that story that a neighbor isn't somebody next door. It isn't somebody down the street. It isn't necessarily somebody in in the same town. A neighbor for us is someone that we can help. Somebody who needs us. Wherever they are, if we can help, that's our neighbor. I wonder other times when we could have helped and for whatever reason we didn't. Other things that may happen this week that we could do and use to help others. God our Father, help us to help each other this day and every day in Jesus' name. Amen. We aren't perfect. We do make mistakes. Uh, We do sin. But God simply asks of us that we repent. We turn away from what we do wrong. And he will forgive us. Whatever our failings, we sing together now hymn number 424, God forgave my sin in Jesus' name.
I'm going to ask Jean and Catherine now to come and read our scripture lessons for us. Uh, and while they're preparing, I did put at the back on the table some uh, little folders with some themed activities on uh, the idea of the Good Samaritan and, and being a neighbor. But I must ask forgiveness for some of those sheets. Because in the code words and the crosswords, I'm sorry, there are some American spellings. <laughs> So just for a moment, ignore proper English and you can find the answers. Uh, Ladies, I shall leave that to you. Thank you. The epistle reading is from Colossians chapter 1 and it's verses 1 to 14. From Paul, who by God's will is an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy, to God's people in Colossae, who are our faithful brothers and sisters in union with Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. We always give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for God's people. When the true message, the good news, first came to you, you heard about the hope it offers. So your faith and love are based on what you hope for, which is kept safe for you in heaven. The gospel keeps bringing blessings and is spreading throughout the world, just as it has among you ever since the day you first heard about the grace of God and came to know it as it really is. You learned of God's grace from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is Christ's faithful worker on our behalf. He has told us of the love that the Spirit has given you. For this reason, we have always prayed for you ever since we heard about you. We ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will, with all the wisdom and understanding that his Spirit gives Then you will be able to live as the Lord wants and will always do what pleases him. Your lives will produce all kinds of good deeds and you will grow in your knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power so that you may be able to endure everything with patience and with joy give thanks to the Father who has made you fit to have your share of what God has reserved for his people in the kingdom of light. He rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us safe into the kingdom of his dear son, by whom we are set free. That is, our sins are forgiven. Amen. The the Gospel reading for today is from Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 to 37, and the heading is, The Parable of the Good Samaritan. A certain teacher of the law came up and tried to trap Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to receive eternal life? Jesus answered him, What do the scriptures say? How do you interpret them? The man answered, You must love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And you must love your fellow man as yourself. Your answer is Correct, replied Jesus, do this and you will live. But the teacher of the law wanted to put himself in the right, so he asked Jesus, Who is my fellow man? Jesus answered, There was a man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when robbers attacked him 
stripped him and beat him up, leaving him half dead. It so happened that a priest was going down that road. When he saw the man, he walked on by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite also came there, went over and looked at the man and then walked on by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan who was travelling that way came upon him and when he saw the man, his heart was filled with pity. He went over to him, poured oil and wine on his wounds and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own animal and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Take care of him, he told the innkeeper, and when I come back this way, I will pay you back whatever you spend on him. And Jesus concluded, in your opinion, which one out of these three acted like a fellow man towards the man attacked by the robbers? The teacher of the law answered, the one who was kind to him. Jesus replied, you go then and do the same. Thank you, Jean. Thank you, Catherine. Jesus points the uh, expert in the law to the scriptures for guidance. And God has not left us without guidance in our lives. If we want to follow him, if we want to know the way to go, there is ample there for us. And in our next hymn, we're going to thank God that he has provided for us all that we need. Hymn number 157, God has spoken.
I am not going to sing. However, neighbours. Everybody needs good neighbours. Just a friendly wave each morning helps to make a better day. Go on, admit it. You watch. But not for much longer. A, a, a popular, to say the least, Australian soap opera. The only thing I would say is I really do hope it does not reflect real life for the average Australian community. <laughs> they have more disasters than EastEnders and Emmerdale combined, don't they? However, at least it does come near to the truth in that theme song. There are times in our lives when most of us, if not all of us, could use a little help from those around us. That makes our lives so much easier, so much better. Take but one problem, loneliness. It's an increasing problem today, and especially, we have to admit it, among older people. And it was exacerbated by those two years of COVID that, that we had. Families grew up and, and many move away now. Areas of towns and villages change. Rehousing, redevelopment, all those things take place. But in truth, relations and friends of long standing simply grow older and die. So many people are left alone. In the 1960s, there was a great enthusiasm for moving people out of old, established communities because they were considered run-down and undesirable. And it was especially so in, in older areas of large cities. Old terraces were torn, torn down. Uh, streets, whole streets disappeared. Uh, residents were dispersed to different areas. And with their disappearance, whole communities died. Communities that had existed for many, many years. It's hard to have a community in a high-rise block. It's nigh on impossible. And it took time to realize the mistakes that were being made. Uh, I entered into local government at a point where it was just beginning to be addressed. That was a long time ago. But we created problems by destroying communities. I mean, it, it, it seems obvious now, but that's what we did. We created problems. But where we are building again, uh, from scratch as it were, there is the opportunity to put heart and life back into communities, but also into, in, into individuals, to give them a fresh start. Meanwhile, there is an onus upon each one of us who are surrounded by the confidence that is given by, by the love and affection of other people, friends, family, community, to help those who do not have that support. Those who are in need of help who have no one to help. And if we need some sort of incentive, then to put it at its simplest, how would we feel if we were in a similar position? Would we not want someone to help? And if we wanted some sort of scriptural basis for it, then if we look at the gospel story as a whole, we find that God came among us helping, healing, Binding up the brokenhearted. Simplistic, I know, but true. But we have to recognize that neighbors aren't always everything that they ought to be. Some, if we're honest, are a real pain. Some are friendly, some aren't. Uh, some you'd hardly ever see or, or meet. Some are quiet, and you'd be hard-pressed most of the time to know that they were at home. 
And others, you've absolutely no doubt that they're at home. TV or radio blaring at all times, constantly, whether anybody is listening or watching or not. Revving car engines at daft hours of the day and night. Car horns, ditto. There's a long list of offences that neighbours can commit towards their little communities. I'm happy to say that we don't suffer from those things at present, but we have done in the past. And our temptation was, and understandably, I think, uh, to assume that the people responsible for the noise and the all-night parties were simply people who were unthinking or uncaring. They weren't bothered about the people round about them. They just wanted to do what they wanted to do and have a good time, regardless of, of anyone else. But the fact was that this particular couple had recently lost their baby at just a few months old. And they were trying somehow in what they were doing to come to terms with that loss. They weren't succeeding. They needed help. And they needed understanding from neighbors, not an assumption that they just didn't care. Neighbors, good and bad. There's a story in the, in the newspapers a number of years ago now about a, a, a young man, 60 or thereabouts. I can say that. I'm long past that. Young man, in his strength of middle age, he was a former policeman, as it happened, but he was in court over a dispute with his neighbor. See, the, the neighbor, a gentleman who, who was almost 90 at the time, came round, dustpan and brush in hand, to clear up the mess that his cat had left in this man's garden. Uh, and, and this 60-year-old, a proud gardener, pushed him off the front steps saying, I've already cleared it up. And the old gentleman fell, broke several bones, went off to hospital. A week later, he died of what was referred to as natural causes. And the ex-policeman found himself in the dock. It's not exactly an advert for neighborliness, is it? And I guess most of us could think of examples, whether we we pull them up from from the TV or from newspapers, of where neighborliness ended up as that, rather than as that. The truth is the bothersome neighbor is one of the most stress-inducing factors of modern life. It can be awful. It can take us to the very limit of our endurance. Despite the fact that local authorities were given fresh powers, new powers. But in an ideal society, the the law shouldn't be necessary. We should be able to solve problems amongst ourselves. That's if problems ever arose. We each, as human beings, let alone as Christians, have to acknowledge that we live in this world together. We need each other, and we each of us have a responsibility. So the Christian has a bigger task in this. All too often our actions as, as Christians in relatively small communities can belie the convictions that we say we hold and the beliefs that we say we profess. We want others to know about this God of ours. This God who saves us, who loves us so much that he gave his only son. We know that these people can have a relationship with him, that their lives can be changed, transformed. They can be set on the road that leads to heaven. And yet as neighbors, sometimes people can look at us and say, they're no different. St. John writes, if anyone says, I love God yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And Jesus, as we know, advocated a very simple approach. He said, love your neighbor 
as you love yourself. It may be that many of us find that difficult to do. Perhaps we we find that the majority of people uh, in our world are quite unlovable in our regard. Perhaps we look around our neighborhoods and we find very few people, if any, for whom we'd willingly go out of our way to give some help. And yet God's approach to us as individuals and to the whole of the human race has to be our inspiration and our guide. For when we were at our most unlovely and most unlovable, when we were still deep in our sin, God came to rescue us. So we don't become neighborly when we think we want to. Uh, We don't love people when we feel we're able to. We ask God for his measure of love to be poured into our hearts and lives in order that we may love people all the time as God wants us to. So let me finish simply by saying this. It is part of our challenge, living the Christian life, to be good neighbors, to bring comfort and strength to those who need it. In a world where lives seem to be coming to be more selfish, more self-centered, God asks us to be open-hearted. For in this, as in all things, we live not to ourselves, but to the Lord. And we serve not ourselves, but others. God grant that we may each be the neighbor that God wants us to be. Amen. That's bright. Not that I'm complaining. To follow Christ, uh, to do what he asks of us, it's a tough calling. Anybody who thinks that being a Christian is uh, easy possibly hasn't been taking it seriously. It's tough. But as we acknowledge in our next hymn, God hasn't left us without help. God hasn't left us powerless in heart or mind or life. Our hymn is number 504. May the mind of Christ my Savior live in me from day to day.
God of all goodness and grace, receive the gifts we offer here today or through the bank or in our time and talents and grant that our whole life may give you glory and praise through Christ our Lord. Amen. As we come towards the uh, close of our service, we're going to turn to our prayers of thanksgiving and intercession. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you today with praise and thanksgiving. We commit ourselves once more into your keeping. We do thank you for family and friends and neighbors who have loved us, for fellow Christians from whom we have learned so much, and indeed for the height and the depth of our human experience. We bring our gratitude to you for the glimpses of the eternal that come to us through the beauty of nature through the words of Scripture and through the love and kindness of others. Above all, we thank you for Jesus, for his birth and ministry, his death and resurrection, his exaltation to glory and the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for those great moments of revelation deep within our own lives, when we felt our hearts moved, our spirits lifted, our confidence restored, our sins forgiven. Each day is a new adventure with you. And so as we step forward into the unknown, We ask you to make us brave and courageous and to give us a true sense of fellowship with each other and with the saints of every age. May we be an encouragement to all who journey with us in this life. May we serve you and each other. We ask this. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Uh, The prayer of intercession that I'm going to use is from the, uh, the Methodist worship book. Some of the things that we might like to uh, offer to God. The people of, of Ukraine. the leaders of the Western world in their dealings with Russia and their support for Ukraine. The people of Yemen, whose plight seems to have slipped out of the news, but whose need is great. For persecuted Christians around the globe, our lives are so easy and straightforward in comparison. For our nation at this time of uncertainty. And for those struggling to make ends meet in this time of financial crisis. And for all who have asked our prayers. When I say the words, Lord, hear us, I invite you to respond, Lord, hear us. Graciously hear us. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. God, you are most gracious and most holy. We ask for the help of your spirit as we pray for the church and for the world. We pray for the church in every land particularly for our brothers and sisters 
for whom living the Christian life means danger and difficulty. We pray for our church and for all local churches. We ask that we may worship and serve you with reverence and with joy. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. We pray for the peoples of the world in all their many and varied needs. We pray for the leaders of the nations. We ask that all may learn to work together for justice and for peace. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. We pray for those who are ill or distressed, for the lonely and the bereaved, for those who are in any other need or trouble, that they may be comforted and sustained. Lord, make us part of their solution. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Father, we remember before you all your servants who have died in the faith of Christ. We thank you for those who explain to us the Christian way, the way of salvation. We thank you for all those who have given of their time and energy to help us in many different ways. And we ask that we too may lead faithful and godly lives in this world and finally share with all the saints in everlasting joy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And let's draw our thoughts and prayers together in the words that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. So let's make our closing hymn a prayer of dedication, asking God to help us serve him and one another. Number one, uh, sorry, number 663. I, the Lord of sea and sky.
The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit remain with you always. Amen. Let us bless one another in the name of the Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you.